fun about it for you and me, for many of us, is that many at least psychedelic chemicals, not all drugs, but psychedelic chemicals, have a capacity to cut through places where you are attached and clinging. Hey, welcome back to the DMT World Podcast. Today we had on a member of the community, one of Jerry's kids. He's been a member of the community since early on and is well known and loved by many on our site. Uh, I finally got to know him a little better today. Our conversation ranges from social media to LSD, mushroom trips, MDMA, and a whole lot of other cool stuff. Uh, He's a really good dude. Loved having him on today and hopefully have him back on someday soon. I want to take some time to remind everyone listening that we are a self-sustained community. That means there's no big corporation or rich assholes keeping the lights on here, just us. With that being said, feel free to support the community by becoming a Patreon supporter at patreon.com forward slash dmtworld.net. Proceeds go towards maintaining and upgrading the site, a bunch of cool giveaways, and keeping my 20s clean. Just kidding about that last part. But for real, for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the site be able to create groups, gain access to all the Discord channels, and post stuff in the marketplace. All the details on the Patreon page if you're feeling generous. Also, if anyone is a content creator and would like to present some of your stuff on the DMT World YouTube channel, feel free to send me an email at alex at dmtworld.net and let us see what you got. Thank you for listening. We truly appreciate you. And keep spreading the love out there, you beautiful peeps. Maharaji, my guru, when he took LSD, asked me for that medicine, that yogi medicine I used, and he swallowed a huge amount. Nothing happened to him at all. And then he said, well, these are not about these It will allow you to come in and have a visit One of Jerry's kids, thank you for coming on the, the podcast today, man. Appreciate you. Cool. Thanks. What's up, my bro? How how you doing? I'm doing well, man. I know, uh, I know that, uh, You've been part of the community of the MT World community for quite some time. You were there from the get, right? Oh, just about maybe like a month after. I, I, funny thing is, I joined around April 20th or around April 19th or 20. <laughs> yeah, it was around bicycle yeah. day or like 420. Yeah. And I think it had only started in like maybe March, you know, so it'd been yeah, that's up right. and running for like maybe a month. Yeah, they launched in like spring of uh, 2018. Yeah, yeah, it's been a couple of years yeah. now, but like, but yeah, yep, I was, I've been there, and I was a lot more active in the beginning, and I haven't been so active. I've been a little bit busy lately, but I try to be. I would go on there and drop a couple gems every now and then, or try to. Yeah, you know the thing about it. I mean, it's it's still a social media a social media platform, and regardless whether it's <clears throat> not as shitty as other places like fucking Facebook and all this stuff that people talk about, and um, it's still a social media platform, so it can get overwhelming. You know what I mean? Trying to keep up with everything and everybody, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that was another one of my issues I had with. I was kind of trying to space myself with technology for a little bit, you know. As much as I enjoy thoroughly all the conversations I have on there, just, you know, it is still a piece of electronic equipment. Um, I know some of the other members and I have ways of contacting them other than DMT World. So, like, 
if I really want to reach out to like some of my closer friends from there, like I still have my ways of doing that without really having to social media it up. Yeah, and you know what, I, I really, <clears throat> I really myself like to focus more so on the local community or like the in real life community right yes that's <laughs> exactly that's what you know I, I i feel like and i know you took a small leave of absence for a while i remember yeah and i correct. remember um kind of i don't really know 100 percent what you're doing but i had a kind of okay idea and I, i'm basically doing the same thing with my community i mean yeah dude i mean that that there just comes that point you know what i mean because uh anything like that i mean even just like um projects that you got going on or you know jobs or something uh you know things things take a back seat sometimes or you know there's um things that are priority in your life that need you know 100 percent attention you know what right, i mean right right 100 percent 100 percent know what you mean like but like i'm absolutely grateful and feel blessed that I did find this community and that I have been able to connect with so many people across such a wide range of area and um, social background, you know, like coming up in my scene, like we may all do psychedelics, but for the most part, everybody I hang out with is into the same stuff. And that isn't so on um, DMT world, you know, like, yeah, I mean, you know, that I mean, that, that I think that rings true for a lot of people, you know, I mean, uh, same thing, same thing with me, man. Um, you know, that's kind of why I got online just to meet uh, new people and just new personalities, new, just new way, uh, ways of doing things. You know, um, some people live in one neighborhood their entire life, you know what yeah. I mean? And that's their world to them, you know? I 100%, man. Sometimes them people don't even like hardly ever leave that neighborhood, let alone that city. Exactly. Like, you know, yeah. like some people, you know, you get people get stuck in LA, they never see the outside of south central or you know yeah it's true yeah it's crazy it's crazy <laughs> to think about really you know i knew yeah. you were in the military so you've done some traveling and got to for sure yeah but you know even before then you know that's that's what it was was just the neighborhood you know and like you ran around with your brothers and your cousins and you know there was different neighborhoods and that's just what it was you know right see i was kind of lucky in the sense that where i grew up even though it's the east coast like i live in the country and there's a lot of hippies out here so like i was introduced to like this band called Fish and also Grateful Dead along with like a lot of electronic music. So I would do a lot of raves. I lived pretty kind of within distance of New York City. And so like I got to like travel around at a young age and experience a lot of music and meet and hang out with the same people from state to state. And just pretty much enjoying life and having fun. Then people became friends, which became family, 
you know, and we've had an extremely tight bond. It's uh, pretty awesome. It sounds exciting, man. Is is that kind of what got you down this whole path, like uh, this whole thing with psychedelics and just that movement in general? You know what? Um, it wasn't particularly the Grateful Dead to begin with. I had already been into psychedelics. I took my first LSD hit at like 13, 14. Nice. You know, it was like yeah. a couple hits. And and it's it's always been good. I've pretty much known the same people for twenty years since I've been in high school. So like, um, you know, I got to experience that at a really young age, along with like ketamine and psilocybin and stuff like that. I was really into reggae, real hard coming up through high school and I really didn't get into the Grateful Dead and like the hippie fish scene festival scene until like maybe senior year ish like it would be 17 18 we like me and my friends would start going to like music festivals and stuff on the weekends yeah and uh that's a whole nother world man like especially when you're coming from a like you know, I've always skateboarded. I was like, wanted like air quote unquote like cool skateboarder kid. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm not like trying to call yeah. myself a cool kid, but you, you know what oh, I you're mean. Cool dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I just was cool like, me, I had like one of the, some fucking West Coast vibes for being an East Coast kid. Like I was just yeah. laid back and shit like that, and uh, you know, it's just. Uh, benefiting lifestyle actually i met some of my close friends actually michael which passed away a few years ago from a fucking opiate overdose damn but, that sucks, um, man. i met him skating and he was from california and i'm from out here in the east coast so he takes me back to his house after and his dad happened to be a vietnam vet that was on disability was an amazing artist mm. had studied in india for 10 years after the vietnam war nice. like full-on like real deal hippie like like <laughs> full-on like so like i got to hear a lot of the old stories and like yeah. the history and the real background of everything and like dude uh, and so many tell me about it dog <laughs> so many right nights dude there's like this magic you can feel in the air it's a really yeah. special thing it really is <laughs> it's like it's very hard to explain but it's like even if you didn't ingest chemicals you would still feel this this you've probably been to concerts you know have you ever been to any yeah, yeah. so like you know a little bit different well, it's laid back but, yeah, I, to be honest with you, I never, I never had that, man. I never experienced stuff like that, man. Uh, to be honest, I, I was one of those kind of guys. I just stayed in that hood, right, you know what I mean? Right, and that's, right. and it, that's all it was until you know I went to the military and then I started seeing different shit, you know, and then come back here and you know getting into this kind of stuff recently. Um, you know, this is just 
yeah. what it is at this point. I I'm fucking green as they come, dog. You right. know. All right. Yeah. So like. But I'm down as fuck. Yeah. No, I know you are, <laughs> homie. I, I already know. I already know, and you know, I I like your whole vibe about spreading love, bro. Because that, yeah, that's man. that's my thing, hands down, dude. I spread love, like yeah. you know. I think we got into a, like with a couple other people on DMT World a couple times about selling their spores, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, dude, there's fucking <laughs> bazillions of spores in them. Look at things, give yeah. them away. <laughs> Yeah. To, like spread that <laughs> shit as far and wide yeah. as you can Hell all yeah. the time like it, you know so like yep. i understand maybe, <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah maybe shipping and handling like i guess if you want but it takes care of itself yeah. man you know the community is a great community bro it, um that's something that i've i've come across and this is why i've kind of fallen in love with it you know I mean, that's why I do these conversations, you know, is to, to learn from myself and listen to other people's stories, you know? Yeah, man. And, like, we've just done a lot of talking online, too, man. And I, I totally mm. dig your story, you know? I, I, I yeah. respect that shit. Like, really, you're doing, you're doing some good shit, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's a... There's definitely stuff going on for sure. You know, you know, it's all it's all in the name of, of love for sure. Yeah, you know exactly. Like I just have like a close friend of mine that I started on point threes of cubes, and I bought a bunch of capsules for microdose, and I make like thirty day supply, and like I got a, a couple people I help out with that just because it's like it really is life-changing like i have friends that like cut their alcohol supply down like 80 percent when like when they microdose but when they don't microdose they end up you know drinking all the time and like you know it's just and i did psychedelics for so long but i was always into high doses i didn't i this this low dose psychedelic therapy is such a new thing because nobody had really thought of it before like low dose over a long time what does that do as opposed to just high doses you know what man i i did uh the microdosing for two years and it took me like a year to actually get it down really good but once i got stuck with my own regimen and my own dosage um it worked well for like short term like um it was a really good like mood enhancer for me. You yeah. know, um, I was able to pay attention, like very uh, good focus, you yeah. know, and um, but I still had deep, deeper seated issues that were like at the core of why I was being destructive, you know. Right. Well, I mean, and that's what the macro doses really help with that or help with. And like you just can't like psilocybin is one tool and a whole toolbox of stuff you need to use to overcome some PTSD. Oh yeah, I dude, listen man, I there's a lot yeah. And that's the thing is is that's where I'm at right now, like honestly. I'm just still doing research myself just to try to help myself and fix myself too, you like, know. Like that's why I'm really so open about everything. Like right oh, down yeah. to, you know, I it found my mom committed suicide when I was 12, Shit, dude. Man. So like, Fuck. and that's a weird age for a boy anyways, at 12 years old. 
Oh yeah. So my dad didn't Damn. do the most stand up thing and he kinda ditched me and my sister over to our grandparents' house, which is probably was the best thing in the world because I got raised by my grandparents, you know, and old school values and like ended up with great work ethics because of it. And That's good. Yeah. That's and good. my grandma was a gangster. G she grew some of the most fire reefer. <laughs> like for yeah, real? <laughs> I tell people Hell yeah. a couple years ago but like i tell people man i'm like my grandma grows better pot than you smoke <laughs> <laughs> like at word all about everything i love but that's what i can find yeah no, it that's is. cool shit though yeah no i grew up in a fairly cool family you know i was kind of blessed <laughs> with that like pretty cool. i mean like it started off fucked up you know yeah. but uh so, somebody somebody cared you yeah know? somebody cared yeah of course dude she was awesome that's beautiful everything dude and was never judgmental i was a heroin addict for 13 years bro i wasn't easy to handle like i had a lot of shit i was trying to cover up and not deal with you know i was a kid dude and i was just a kid when i started using heroin when i think about it i was 17 years old you know that's one of the one of the substances that i hear a lot of stories about where oh fuck so many people that were fucking you know fuck with that dope man and, and just took him to this you know this dark place but uh, a lot of people that are um in the psychedelic community um have that background you yeah know? yeah for sure like um it's like honestly if the stigma wasn't attached and there was clean opiates and it could be done properly it could be i think it's, so it's like opiates aren't clean opiates aren't truly bad for you it's the outcome of being sick when you can't get them and spending your money and having to do criminal activities. That's the bad part. Yeah. Don't you think it's, don't you think it's also because of the, the fact that it's in the black market and there's no yeah. industry standards as well. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. For sure. A hundred percent. dude. Like how about we like regulate everything and take the fucking money out of the hands of the cartels and, yeah, and get some pure violence, shit. <laughs> yeah. And get some yeah, more pure yeah. shit. You know, even though that's how that shit may get sent over here, by the time that shit hits the streets, it's far from. Yeah, hey, I say hire them motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Like and they already their own security, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Like and especially with like other stuff too with like Molly and just people lacing like all kinds of stuff with fentanyl. I seen coming out of Canada that had the Hoffman bicycle ride 1943 like classic print that supposedly had fentanyl laced in it. And I'm like, that's such a disrespectful thing to do for one to lace LSD with fentanyl, but to two to even stick it on that sheet because you fuck you re people probably have no idea what that artwork really represents let me ask you man um that's one thing that um so out of all the conversations that i've had with the uh, people in like the last i don't know year um that's one of the things that not too many people know about is like lsd like the ins and outs of it like i've met maybe one or two people and i haven't had the time to speak with them fully about it but i mean that shit goes deep from from the you know the small amount of info that I, you know, that I've even researched or talked with people yeah, about. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's got roots. It's, it's real, dude. It's like any other, like 
substance you make. That shit's fucking living. You know? It's a living. Like, when LSD crystallizes, it actually sparks and emits light as it's being created. So it has this energy in it. And depending on who's making it and the intention of why they're making it can all result in how it turns out. Now, if you like are in it for money, it might not be the same if you're in it for other reasons, like to like turn the world on, you know? When it's you think that love. holds true? You think that holds true uh, more in the manufacturing of LSD than like the cultivation of some of these plants? No, I think it holds true in all of it. In all of them? Yeah. And the only, the, one of my bigger um, things is like, and I know it's hard to beat around and you just have to find good companies, but is getting bark and like, I want to know that it's yeah. being harvested correctly and substantially sustainably and you know not just it's ruining the mimosa trees like if it's done correctly but it's such a big thing now yeah sustainability like it's just like um the thing with the toad you know a lot of people do a lot of people do the sapo down here you know and there's that big argument of you know should we continue with the harvesting of the toad or should we opt for synthetic? Right. You know what I but mean? See the, now, I'll tell you a couple things on this. Tell me, dog. So, tell me. <laughs> but 5-methyloxy-dimethyltryptamine scares the bejesus out of me. <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> and on oh, top man. of it, with the toad, it just doesn't have 5-MeO. It also contains bufantine. Which is, mm. and, and I believe traces of something else, if I remember correctly, but I'm not sure. But I know 100% contains bufotine because that's where the not fry or the toad gets its uh, Latin name from, the bufalvaris, or the uh-huh. Sororan desert toad. Yeah, you know. But um, I know a couple people that own toads. Like I think maybe if you're gonna do it, that would be the way to do it was to kind of own them and treat them as pets and harvest them when you you wanted it, you know, almost like growing a cacti or something. Yeah, but uh, let me ask you something. The thing with the toad, like if you keep a <clears throat> a toad, like how do you keep like in a little terrarium or something like yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, you can keep them in proper conditions that they live. It's just shit, dude. People out here where I'm at, dude. When it fucking rains, bro, you walk on the other side of the mountain, you're gonna bound, you're bound to find yourself a couple of toads, bro. Yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's like that out here. It's pretty cool. But the thing about it is, uh, you know, there's so many people just doing this shit now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Not- and it can blow up. I mean, that's a big thing is in in psychedelics and plant medicines is sustainability. Like you hit it right on the fucking on the nail. The the bark is is one of the biggest things, yeah. right? I mean, that's a whole fucking tree you're taking from. Well, you know yeah. what I mean? It's not a little plant that you harvest. The, at least the root bark, and that's like some of the most important part because if the roots aren't protected, exactly. the tree's gonna get infected. Yeah, you know. So it isn't like it's even stealing the old growth bark from the tree itself. And the thing is, is a lot of us are part of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I, unknowingly. And <laughs> like we all fucking, if you ever bought bark, you yeah. know, you're fucking part of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of course. 
but it's just like anything else, you know, if you ever bought <clears throat> glass or if you ever bought dope or, you know, it just goes back to the hands of the cartel, which caused violence, you know? Well, yeah, but none like of that. Anything. No, that's definitely a valid uh, aspect. And 100% on that one, I, I completely agree. But I mean, in terms of sustainability yeah. of like the resource itself. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, got what you were saying. But... The plants and animals are a little bit more, um, you know, sensitive but, to that, right? Yeah. And know what is so great that they are sensitive because they're sensitive they know how to evolve, I think, better than we do. Sometimes we can let our own consciousness stand in the way of our own evolution. Because sure, I'm you sure. Know, like, as much yeah. as I believe and love science, like, you just can't look at it from a 100% science aspect, you know, because then you'll get <laughs> Well, stuck. there's always the unknown. Like, yeah. Hamilton Morris, yeah. which completely trips me out because, like, I ain't going to lie, dude, that dude's my bromance. Like... Some people say, like, I'm a drug nerd. Like, my friend, like, is a drug nerd. Like, I'm like, dude, you have no idea. Like, this other dude, Hamilton Morris, he's a fucking drug nerd. You know who I'm talking about. I'm yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, everybody does. He, yeah. He's my dude, along with Dennis McKenna, you know, like, which was really cool that I remember in the beginning he promoted DMT World. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was yeah I remember cool. that. Yeah. That's something else. There's been a lot of good people coming in and out of there. I mean, and people that are still on there, man. I, <clears throat> DMT world for me, man, once I got there, I'm like, this is just what it is. You know what I mean? There's no reason for me to fucking go to any other places, you know, and yeah. uh, meet people here. And and we've done that locally too, man. It's a beautiful fucking place. You know, it's a beautiful yeah. thing. Uh, Rexy, I know, is trying especially hard and I'm down with it. But we've been trying to get some, like, I think he already did one, but I couldn't make it that weekend. Um, Northeast meetups, you know, and eventually maybe we can have a national meetup. You know, we have local local chapters of our, you know, DMT subscription. And then them local chapters get together nationally, you know, and something like that. I'm down, dude. Even even the little small group that we got right now, you know, all of us would be down. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's one of the biggest things I try to promote the most, man, is just, uh, you know, meet locals, man. And, and if you don't have a local scene, build one. Yeah. You know, meet people through your shit. Yeah, I was very lucky to grow up in a cool local scene around where I live. Like, really, really, really cool, man. It, it's kind of like... I don't know, like, if you heard, like, you know, like, Boulder, Colorado, it's kind of all hippie-ish and stuff. Like, yeah. it, I'm not going to say it's to that extreme because it's not a college town, <laughs> but, like... I've never been there, you know. It's, you know, it's some um, <laughs> white kids with dreadlocks and smelly reefer. <laughs> like, it's... You know, but then you also ha you, you run into people like me that do pick up an interest on it other than just the partying aspect of it. Like I wanted to know how stuff worked and why it worked and like how it was produced and like. What is some of the stuff that you got oh, into? Yeah, so sure. LSD is one of them, right? So tell me, how did, um, how did you how well, did you get into I it? Was, 
like I said, like I think it was like 13, 14 years old. We'll say at least 14 years old. And my one of my closest friends, um, who's actually a really giant, giant glass blower on the East Coast now. Some of his pieces go for like five grand. <laughs> but um, he like Damn. he hit me up and uh, was you know I got some liquid. And, like we went and put that stuff on Mentos and ate them. And I had one of the most wildest nights I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. Really? It was, um, how was that like, man? Man, so there was like, I'm still young in high school too, like fresh in high school, but like we were ha- all hanging out at a friend's house down cellar in his bedroom. And we had like the strobe light going and everything. And I just remember like a friend of mine, this chick, she like waved her hands back and forth in front of the like strobe light. And it looks like her hands spread apart like a lotus flower. There was just like a thousand fingers like <laughs> I was like, whoa, I'm like, that's crazy. And then we eventually like went outside, went for a walk <laughs> and like I could see like the shadows like turned into like an elephant kind of and it was like boop boop and like kind of fall on us i'm like what this this is fucking bonkers <laughs> <laughs> and yeah i kind of you know fell in love i was i was really nervous of it at first obviously you know like i had only smoked reefer and um i think i had eaten like an eighth of mushrooms or two at that point but i had never really done any like chemicals chemicals so but do you do you started learning a lot more about um, LSD in that time like after I that? mean right around a few years after probably more once I got into the Grateful Dead scene is when I started learning about it I did an awful lot of it in between but from like 14 to like 17 18 but I didn't really well, I was too busy partying at that time. I was young, girls around. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's like the age. Yeah, yeah so, <laughs> that's the age. Where you're yeah, just, yeah, exactly. You're rocking out your cock out, dog. Professionally. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 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 one thing led to another like learning about lsd like i would go to like a music festival and like when you get lsd from somebody usually they'll tell you the crystal lay like what was you you know what i'm talking about what crystal Uh they use to make the product itself yeah i've heard i've heard of it but to be honest i don't even know like the difference in the types of crystals or anything like that you know what i mean I think I did acid like once before I, before you right. know this la- these last few years right. you know what I mean right. and needlepoint that's, that's being it. the cleanest at like 95% purity now you hear fluff or like the white on white paper like sometimes somebody will just show white paper that's fluff it's a brain brand name of the needlepoint technique now some of the needlepoint that comes from like Czechoslovakia can be 
a hair bit speedy and in your face, one of them real intense fucking what's going on trips. <laughs> but the fluff dude seems to carry yeah. you slowly. It's super traily. Everything's like nice and enjoyable. Like, so it was like same kind of technique. I believe fluff uses Osley's crystallization technique, but it, each one does have a, a slightly different effect depending on, you know, and the clearer it is, the more pure it is. I've recently did some stuff last year that I was new, which I guess is a little bit cleaner than needlepoint, which is already 95%, which is really pure, but like called diamonds. And that stuff was pretty good too. But I'm just kind of old school, and I like the fluff, the white-on-white white fluff. It's always been, like, the Grateful Dead, like, <clears throat> version of LSD, even though there's always tons of all kinds of different LSD floating around there. That was, like, the actual heads LSD, you know? To the point where, like, yeah. you know, if you if you were allowed to be in a position to even sell it, like, in large quantities, if you were, like, able to know somebody where you could get, like, a crystal gram, like, they're not just going to, like, yo, you got dough and here, like, here, we're all good. No, they, like, make you lick your thumb and you stick that shit course, to the crystal yeah. gram and then you re-lick your thumb. Hey, is that shit? That's just for real, bro. I'm talking like Fuck. two, three days. God damn. Like, <laughs> like just, uh, dude. I've had two complete <laughs> blackout experiences <laughs> from LSD, like where I had left my body and then all of a sudden, like, snapped back into consciousness. One was at a fish show. When I came home from prison, my friends, like, just gave me a ton of stuff. Like, hey, welcome home. Like, fucking here's, like, <laughs> it was a lot of stuff, let's just say. So, like, I ate, like, 20 hits. And, bro, I came behind. I, like, remember the show going on. I got pictures from it. I don't remember taking the pictures. I look spun as uh dreidel on you know like spinning right around uh, but like i don't remember it but i came to behind one of the nicest hotels right next to the venue <laughs> be standing over a halogen lamp with no one shit. of the lawn chairs trying to stay warm but i didn't really i wasn't really like in my own head and when i came to i'm like Oh shit, dude! Why, like, I'm like surprised the cops aren't out here. Like, I need to get out of here, like, real quick. And <laughs> so much that I got lost in a town I know, to the point where I cried to this lady jogging by, and she thought I was nuts. I just asked how to get to McDonald's, and she told <laughs> me, and I said, I know where McDonald's is. I just can't make it there right now. And my fucking tears started just pouring down my face. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah that was yeah. one of them, like, real gnarly God, ones. And then I have a friend that died a few years ago. He was real deep in the 
Grateful Dead scene is also, and we have um, people we call pranksters. Like, they like to dose stuff out and not uh-huh. tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. So, like, oh, I get to, uh, like, my friends throw this festival every year. So, like, I get there and I run into him and he gives me one hit. I, maybe I took one hit from some. No, I think he gave me the one hit. The next thing I know, I'm blacked out again. Well, I didn't know it until I came back down. But, like, I came down sitting around. We have a giant bonfire. And I looked up, and my homeboy was standing next to me. And I'm like, do you do this to me? And he just took his head out. And I, like, looked over (laughs) and seen my, like, friend, this dready redheaded kid. And he just had this, like, devilish little smirk on his face. I'm like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so this is kind of war. Like, but <laughs> it sucks because probably not too long after that, homeboy was at his favorite diving spot. And he was shallow diving and bounced his head off the bottom and snapped his neck yeah and that's oh, one of that that's just that's not even drugs that's just a fucking accident you know <laughs> young kid yeah yeah it yeah, does suck that's fucking and shitty man I, I had another like not a super close homegirl this acquaintance of mine but like a super good homegirl of my good friends passed away last weekend from stupid shit and it's you know it's well no not an accident accident? like an od but you know it's just like this stuff gotta stop that's why someone wanted to talk about drug education you know like we need better drug education in this country and i feel like this stuff wouldn't be happening like this you know well here's the thing too man is the one thing about that is that it's not so much even the addiction aspect of it. It's also that people want it. You know what I mean? Like people still want to do fucking drugs. They still want to have these substances. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, otherwise there wouldn't be people dying on the other side of the fucking border to there wouldn't be to people dying fucking on fucking skid here, you know? row just because they spent the last ten dollars. Yeah, I mean they're too. That's yeah, for sure. Showered, yeah, you know? it's that shit fucking ruins shit like horribly. Yeah, the more. But see, here's the thing is, the more and more I'm, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about it and talking to people about it and reading about it, um, it's it's the lack of the regula- of regulation. You know what I mean? There's no yeah, industry 100%. standards, right? I mean, that would, that would, mm-hmm. that would knock yeah, out two 100%. birds with one stone, right? People that still want to do it and they, they're responsible, they can still fucking do it. And then, you know, you're not getting locked up. Or going to jail or fucking you know, on some bullshit. I was, I was either, uh, honestly you know I mean? a fairly responsible user then, for 13 years just because I'm an educated drug user in general, you know, so I had respect for it. But like I accidentally slipped up this past summer because I don't, you know, I don't lie, but I slipped up with all this crazy shit going on. And this shit on the streets now, dude, is garbage, like straight garbage with that car fentanyl and shit in it. I've never fallen out in 20 years and I fell out three times this summer. And like, I, like I had a 13 year run. I was good for a while. I started partying again because I was kind of depressed is going through like breakup and bullshit and you know, just life shit. And I slipped up 
you know, luckily I'm old enough and smart enough to realize that I didn't want to do that shit to begin with. And I need to pump the brakes, <laughs> but you know, I'm just lucky that I didn't die this time because like I knew I didn't have another run in me really. You know, you only have so many of them, dude. And you just can't, it's, it's too much to come back from, you know, but that's where the psychedelics come in and they help all tremendously tremendously dude like i love microdosing i so do it usually starts to work after like a month and a half for me and i'll start smelling smells dude at one point i was smelling smells i hadn't smelled in like a really long time i feel like since i was a kid but i couldn't remember what they were yeah like, just, like, going down, like, the street and, like, smelling something, and it smelled so familiar, but not from any time soon, but it was just because your olfactory senses is, like, one of your most memorable senses. I just can't place where I knew the smell from, and I'm, like... You know, this is rewiring my neural pathways. I could feel it, dude. I would, wouldn't have a bad day. I was basically getting kicked out of my place. Didn't know where I was going. I was supposed to move in with this chick. Last second, she, like, backed out on me. So I had to find a place real quick. I didn't stress out one time, have one bit of anxiety or anything about it. I just went with the flow and everything worked out, you know? But, like, over the winter... Uh, my f fungus supply kind of got cut off for a couple stupid reasons, but um, so I stopped microdosing for a little while, and uh, kind of you know by time summer rolled around, I didn't realize I was as depressed as I was, you know, and uh, I guess I just went back to doing what I knew even though I know that isn't the right thing, you know? And, like, I'll openly admit I'm on Suboxone. I don't, I don't care. I need to, we need to get rid of stigmas also, you know? Like, how is me doing opiates long enough to need Suboxone any different that, than somebody that cannot take care of their diet and eats McDonald's and Taco Bell every day but now needs insulin? You know? Why, why do yeah, I get the stigma? I mean, it's, yeah. You know? I think the the people that believe in those stigmas are people that uh, I don't want to be yeah, it's, like it's I don't want them around me either. You know though, what I mean? Because you know? it's like, yeah, but yeah. there's some people that you can just. I yeah, mean, in yeah, terms yeah, of the yeah. people I mean, that are I around got you, cool people right? around like, me, but like I'm just saying in general, yeah, yeah, like yeah. just to be able to talk about it. Like if you wanted to go get a new job, like just explain your situation and how you're doing and like let that person take you in for what you are at that time and not what you had been or you know like i had a pretty screwed up name in my town for a second because of fucking heroin you know i wasn't always the best person i've always been a good person and like help and stuff but like sometimes i used to get that feeling where i like to go up out robbing and stealing like <laughs> just like you know biggie like that's you know it's, i don't it's 
that shit changes your mind. And then I was like really getting into cocaine with it too. So that just was doubling it. Yeah, that's uh, dude. I mean, everybody that I talk to has yeah. something like that, dude. It doesn't even matter. I mean, like, <clears throat> not for me, at least. And I think uh, the way past it is just to talk and about that's it exactly and just to why be open I am about as it. Open and talk like I do about it because I realized younger when yeah. I was younger, not talking about my mother was the exact reason it was causing me so much internal struggle. Because I wasn't getting it out, you know. It just like so. I'm yeah. pretty open and talk about that to whoever, you know. Like I'm a giant suicide prevention advocate, like and mental health advocate, and you know, and all of this stuff kind of goes hand in hand, really, you know. And don't get me wrong, I'm not just feeding psychedelics to any fucker that walks by me i need to feel you out first and know you don't have some kind of like psychosis or like you might have a mental breakdown if i like get you spun i need to talk to you first you know because i don't want to be responsible for breaking somebody's brain okay well not even the liability but just the hesitation to get fucking locked up but i would feel more bad about breaking their brain than getting locked up but they would still both suck you know for sure let me ask you a quick question man um so when it comes to to lsd um what is it about lsd that makes it so like for example you said earlier you know if i go somewhere and I ask somebody for whatever and they're like i'm not just going to give it to you but like there's this big thing about it right as opposed to like even fungus because anybody can fucking grow fungus but if any Anybody, not anybody can do, can, can, um, make LSD. No. Well, what is it about it that, that makes it that way? Um, for one, because of the sixties and not even so much the sixties, but it's really hard to get the base ingredient, which is lysergamide monohydrate. And it's really hard to get your hands on that. And, uh, but that's kind of the the truth too. Other <clears throat> substances, like even MDMA, yeah, is one of them. Right? Oil. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's really hard to get your hands on. Like, but people still do, and it's still out there. Of course, you know the the only thing about like with acid for me, dude. Like, uh, I tried acid once when I was in my teens, and then in the last like I don't know four four years or so, um, I've had more acid then, but. I don't know. It's just weird. You you can definitely tell the difference between them. Oh yeah, you know? for sure. There's two different. And some of it's kind of like, yeah, and some of it's kind of like, uh, like I'm pretty sensitive to a lot of these compounds, and uh, and I can tell differences like really easy, man. And sometimes it just becomes like a fucking chore, dude. I'm like, God damn, what the fuck? Yeah, well, it is a really long. <laughs> it's a long thing. And act- well, it's not even that because I even had some dude where I was fucking just beautiful the whole way through, and I'm like, God, what the fuck is that? You yeah, know what I mean? no, it's 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 fucking beauty, dude. It was um, accidentally discovered trying to um, see. I've heard that they were trying to find migraine medication and or trying to reduce bleeding and pregnancies for girls. 
So they were deal like working with these different lysergamides and um, Hoffman had made 25 different batches. And this was discovered in 1938. They went up on a shelf till 1943 when he decided to play around with batch number 25 again. And that's when it was accidentally spilt just like micrograms on his skin without him noticing. And <laughs> he went for his famous bicycle ride. Yeah. Or actually, you know what? I think he accidentally dosed. No, yep, that's when he went for his famous bicycle ride. Then he came back, I believe, the following day and did another one because it was kind of mind blowing. You know, imagine the first guy ever taking LSD. Like it's just oh, some shit. like yeah. It's just like, wait, what just happened? Like <laughs> <laughs> right? nobody hey, to explain that to. Around that time in uh, around that time in our in the world, there was like a world war happening too, right? Yeah. It was before or after now, something like that, dude, right? The the US or LSD and the A bomb were almost created around the same exact time. And they somebody yeah. almost said it was the antidote for fucking nuclear war. See, I've I've read that somewhere and I've talked to a few people have told me that. I just know I I'm just like I don't I mean you, I, I haven't looked into it to be honest. You know with some you. of your facts though. Like you like, you know. I've just done so much reading on it, you know. It's always kept my interest, <clears throat> you know. Yeah. And like, I just for me like I, there there's a big process with it, right? I mean, there's this you need like proper equipment. Oh, yeah. You just no, with, you need to know yeah. how to synthesize chemicals. Like you need a lab, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. You need a lab. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what makes it so like in in that way because uh it's easier to figure out who's who, you know what I mean? As opposed to having a million fucking mushroom growers, people that are cultivating at home to, you know, a handful or two of people that cook. That's LSD, what I was, was going to explain to you a little bit. So like when I started learning about it, I was learning about it through friends originally. And, you know, half of that shit's wives tales anyways, and it's talk, but you know, you you do do get to talk to some real experienced people that actually know what they're talking about. And there's like um, colors of crystal LSD ranging from lavender, amber, silver, white, which is also a needlepoint, and um, that diamonds. And the clearer it gets, the more pure it is. But just because the purity behind it is good doesn't mean the intentions making it were great. You know? So I've had some, like, really good, less clean stuff, but the intentions that were put behind it were made good, so it was still fun. If you can understand what I'm saying. <clears throat> yeah, no, um, you know, a lot of people believe the same thing with, like, uh, the fungus and even cannabis to a certain extent, you know? And uh, yeah, yeah. For sure. hey, uh, like even extracting your own DMT, like uh, myself, I've, um, I've noticed a difference from the stuff that I extract myself or extracted myself um, as opposed to stuff that was gifted to me. Um, oh, I mean, right. I've never, I've never bought DMT ever yeah. and I don't think I ever will, but um, me either. You could tell the difference. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> you could tell the difference, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Because sometimes it's not good. <laughs> but sometimes it sends you so fucking sideways. Easy. It's so easy. And What's that? Making it. Fuck. See, that's the thing is like, the, the, the consensus. The process. Really? Yes. A hundred percent. They overcomplicate it. So let me ask you though, like that information, does it get passed down to people? I mean, like you don't yeah. go to fucking, or do you go to fucking school no, to I, learn and you apply it? I, I didn't. I learned it from my homeboy, which he learned it from his people. You know, like I had to write it down in a like actual notebook with a pen. <clears throat> Have like, you ever seen anybody cook math before? Um, my cousin got busted and sent upstate for a year for fucking cooking, fucking crank. It wasn't That's, like dude, glass, people, but yeah, was, some people can make that shit in a fucking yeah, <laughs> in nah. a little cooler. Oh with yeah, like two yeah, gallons. I know, I I know. <laughs> so it's not the same shit though, right? Like LSDs, like you got to have some more equipment and shit right oh, you need a lot more equipment you need magnetic <laughs> stirs you need separatory funnels you're gonna need a, a vacuum fucking pump like to change pressures and bunsen burners and thermometers and you know um, I forget what the even other part of the equipment is, the expensive part that does the crystallization process, but it pretty much spins the fucking LSD crystals at like a super high rate, kind of like cotton candy. Mm. And they fucking start to form together. And God like the, then they'll start to spark almost on the inside. Like little, they emit like little blue spark. light. Like they like oh, emit shit. blue light as it like comes together. Which is fucking wild because that just it's like it's got energy trapped in it. Yeah. You know? It's some real wild, wild, wild shit. And you know, like my my favorite manufacturer of LSD, which I don't know if I've ever personally got the um chance to have some of his, but it was Osley Stanley Bear, which you probably have heard of now. But um he was the Grateful Dead's sound man for a very long time, yeah, but he yeah. was one of the largest producers of LSD in the 60s. That's how the Grateful Dead got all their gear. <laughs> there was another guy, too. What, what was that? Nick Sands? Sands, yeah, that's yeah. right. I've heard oh, of that, so dude. I'll, I'll explain this situation. So, um, Osley starts making LSD, and he explains it like this. Like, we needed LSD. We couldn't get any, and when you make it, you just can't make a little bit. <laughs> so, That's like, yeah. you know, he's like, hey, you got to make, like, fucking 10 grams. Like, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is a lot. Yeah. A lot, yeah. yeah. So, but either way, like, so he was doing that, and he had somebody trained underneath him named Tim Scully, which you I've possibly heard have heard of. Yeah. Like, just through the community. And... Tim Scully apprenticed under Osley and then Scully went down when Osley got arrested, Scully went down to Southern California and worked with Nick Sand making the orange sunshine that mm -hmm. was like everybody raved about back then with like the eternal brotherhood of love, the surfers, and they would stash all the shit in their surfboards and like 
stuff, you know. They busted Timothy Leary out of prison. They paid for it. Yeah. Black Panthers did it. They they paid for it. Where was he at? Where was he at in prison? I don't know. Probably there was something crazy. about that. I remember listening to or or talking to somebody about this story. I can't remember the whole thing, but it, they, he had gotten locked up twice, and yeah. the first time he he uh, escaped or or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, he right? did escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or he was broken out, whatever. <laughs> yeah, he had to turn himself back in. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. LSD pretty much wanted yeah. to pay for his getting out, shit. but like I don't. I, like I'm partial on Leary. I'm not gonna lie. I'm partial on Leary. I think he was very egotistical. I think I everybody think feels was, that same way that I that I talked to. You know, you it know? kind of ruined maybe the scene a little bit, but like there's always that I motherfucker get, though, isn't there? <laughs> I, and but the more I think about it, I think that was put on him. He played it well because he enjoyed oh. it, but it was also put on him. You know, I don't think it was just necessarily something he was like striving for, you know, because like, yeah, he considered yeah. Him, himself the king of LSD at the time, but the true king of LSD was Osley, no. <laughs> you know, like, but there's like two different like styles of taking it back then was like the East Coast style, like Leary and Ram Dass. They would sit around and try to be spiritual and like uh-huh. have fucking orgies and like try getting like the craziest like as far out as you can. And the people on the West Coast, um, you know, Kankizi and the Merry Pranksters, they drove across America to go to the World's Fair in New York and they stopped to Millbrook to Leary's place and Timothy really wouldn't even see him. Now, these are the yeah. other LSD gurus from the fucking West Coast. You know, you yeah. like come out and greet your guests, but he was being holier than thou. And yeah. they were just too much for him, dude. They were like dosing everything <laughs> and like, <laughs> like Jesus all kinds Christ. of stuff. But <laughs> I remember reading that Osley had gone upstairs into like this special little like light tower area that Leary had that him and his like, old lady would like do their meditation and yoga and, and shit like that just the two of them and Asley went up there just to talk to him one-on-one from like you know head honcho to head honcho and, yeah uh, larry wasn't really feeling it he was up there drinking martinis instead of dosing and bear hated alcohol so like they just really but over the years they grew into great friends you know like tim kind of calmed down you know, he like I don't know if you know about how he passed, but he suffered some some pretty severe cancer, and he didn't do pain meds. He ate LSD and huffed on a nitrous tank, <laughs> like straight up, dude. No, oh, yeah. no pain meds. Might as well. I think Might as well, dude. He, I think he went out on like four or five hundred mics, like when he passed away. Nice. Yeah, Jeez. you know, to have people around that are to willing get sent to get off. You. Yeah, yeah, like to give you that, like you know, that's trusted. Like that's that's what I consider my family. You know, it doesn't always have yeah. to be blood, but I was just telling you, like some of my friends have turned family, and <clears throat> like you know, I know they would be the same. That you know, they'd be there to do what I asked. Yeah. Like, so. Hey, Osley, it, the name is spelled O-W-S-L-E-Y, right? 
I believe so. Because you know, it's like Owlsley. Like Owl. Yeah, yeah. I I've heard the name only when I ask about uh, acid, like in terms of like, hey, what type of acid is this? You hear see, that name a lot. Don't um, don't don't believe the hype. Don't well, see, what is hype. that though? Like, it's just like a recipe or some shit, or, or yeah, like a method. Yeah, people? there's a, like that's what I'm saying. Like, if it's the white on white fluff. They're using Asley's. I'm pretty sure they're using Asley's crystallization process to make it. But like a lot of people say, they still like there's Asley crystal around and stuff. Homeboy died 12 years ago. LSD degrades. Like I doubt there's any more. And nobody else makes it that way. Like he didn't teach anybody or anything like that. One or two. But like Nick Sand also passed away. The only one that knows Osley's true recipe is Scully. And he lives right next to Shulgin's house. He was taking care of um Alexander and Ann. That guy is uh is uh, another cool motherfucker too, man. Yeah, Scully. I've, I've, no Oh Shulgin. Shulgin, yeah. Yeah. That motherfucker's done some work too, man. So, I know I've 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 read about some of his stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I've even tried some of it too, man. I mean, I don't know how close it is to it, but I think that one of the the Dude. best ones that I've tried was the two CE. I'm a huge fan of the two C. Two C. Oh man, two beautiful. Two C. I. Two C. I haven't tried. I tried the two C B as well. Um, and the I forget these two other ones, but the two C E stood out the most. Dude. Yeah. I was like, holy fucking yeah, shit! Yeah, they're really beautiful trips. Yes. You know, they really are. And that's something else that's distinctive from psilocybin or LSD. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's it's like well, taking but those are single, But those are single compounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like psilocybin is one identified compound within the mushroom. You know, there's but maybe it, other it things turns, in there. It turns into psilocin, which is just yeah. what, 4-H... 4-H-O-D-M-T or 4-A-C-O-D-M-T. Yeah, but how, how many... How much anal- How much has the mushrooms been analyzed? You know what I mean? Like no. there may be yeah, things no, in there that we didn't. No, I know that, like other alkaloids. I think about it too because some of my white varieties don't seem as strong and as in your face as some of the brown varieties. What do you mean, like uh, color? So, yeah, the luescent, like you know the one, the white ones. They drop fucking white spores, like clear spores. Oh, you mean the, like albinos? Yeah, albinos, luescent. Oh, I see what white, you're saying. The white, yeah. the white variety. Yeah, like, like those are a little different for yeah, sure. Yeah, they're they're like a little bit gentler. I I'm a big fan of microdosing with them. Yeah, like I like them to microdose. I don't, for me, those uh, most albinos for me, um, they're a little bit more of a body load for really? me. Yeah, like they kind of make me uh, more relaxed. Uh, oh, no more shit. like. I could fall asleep on these motherfuckers. Right. Which is not bad. I mean, I still trip. Right. But I mean, there's still this undertone of it as opposed to like um, other ones that I've had that um, are like a real like heady, energetic yeah. type. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's yeah. my that's my opinion. Um, yeah, and you know what's the craziest part is? Like, I know there's possibly some other alkaloids in there, but like the real main deal is just the psilocybin. I'm true. True. But here's like. You no, know, I mean that's true. I and I uh, for sure. But 
I always wonder how the difference would be of dosing yourself with pure psilocin, like synthetic, yeah. as opposed to taking an equal dosage in, in the fruits, you know, well, dried fruits. You know, what I was saying, like, well, I can't remember which it is, but I know it's one or the other. It's either 4-H-O-D-M-T or 4-A-C-O-D-M-T is psilocin. It's the synthetic mm-hmm. version of psilocin. Mm-hmm. You know, because like psilocybin are tryptamines. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah. You know, they're very closely, they mimic DMT. Like a seven gram mushroom yeah. chip is like a fucking eight, six hour fucking Deemster whack. Yeah. You know? I've had that with the Penelia sinescence, man, <laughs> uh, where it was like a full on fucking DMT trip, man. I was yeah. like in, a, in, in the fucking DMT realm, you know? Yeah. Dude, because they're tryptamines, you know? Yeah. Like, like, kind of work similarly. Like, I've been recently, like, last weekend and this weekend, I've eaten more fungus in a shot and a macro dose than I have in, like, 15 years. The Jeez. first weekend, it was six grams, but I had some good company around, and it was a really great time, amazing great time, and... This same, this weekend too, this is a little bit harder of a trip. It's been a little bit crazier of the week. There's was a little bit of crying, but I'm like, hey, <laughs> there ain't nothing wrong with that. Check it out, man. homie. This is welcome. Welcome to psilocybin. Hell yeah. It's going to show you what, <laughs> like, is what's up. Yeah. You know, it's going to check you to check yourself. Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah. you know, I, I had to fucking put on something funny. So, like, Everybody could start laughing and like, you know, I'm a pretty good trip sitter. And I was worried about me because I don't take high doses of psilocybin anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, I can just walk through this. I'm fucking a pro. Like, <laughs> uh, I got this under control. Yeah. You know, and I also know, like, if you drink like a couple shots of alcohol, it'll bring you down slightly on the psilocybin. And uh-huh. like, you know, there's little tricks to the trade you learn over the years. Yeah. You, you know, for oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say for uh, for me when I when I dose um, myself with mushrooms, uh, I usually like to just fucking shut everything down and just fucking float away. You know. So you do like five grams of silent darkness. I'm I'm a big fan of it, uh, but recently what I started doing was uh, I did the John Hopkins playlist uh, last time. And it was something else, man. And I started looking into like drums and shit like that, and and just like different type of audio uh, yep. while you're in, and just kind of how uh, I, I think it's. I think I'm gonna stick with it for a little bit. Like I don't know what kind of situation you have as far as like maybe getting some kind of hand drum and playing along while you're high, but that stuff yeah. can get really spiritual. Oh, and fuck you, can yeah, keep, dude. you can keep it to yourself if you're not very good, but you'll eventually learn rhythm. Like I learned how to play percussion pretty good from being in drum circles. Now no drum shit. circles is a big thing <laughs> at like heavy yeah. things. You know, you probably heard drum circles. Yeah. Like now you get 50 different people playing a rhythm and like it's around a campfire and everybody's all spun out. It just gets super <laughs> like trancey and rhythmic. Hell yeah. You know? And you're putting your own emotion into it too. Yeah. More than just, just like, like one, dancing. It's like one big ball of energy, huh? Yeah, exactly. 
It is. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember doing uh, breath work, dude, and uh, the drums and everything. Oh, my God, man. That shit fucking. You can yeah. feel the vibration, man. Yeah, well, vibrations are gnarly, dude. Like, fuck yeah. Bass players, dude. Like, Phil Lesh and the Grateful Dead has learned what chords loosen what chakras. No shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's serious stuff. They took it to a whole nother level. Like, on some spiritual side, like, their drums have some of the most spiritual, like, spaced out, like, drum solos you'll ever hear. Like, one night I was smoking Deemsters, and I realized that this dude has figured out how to make the sound of creation. Like, (laughs) I was just like... (laughs) (laughs) but like my big thing is i like to smoke deemsters dude because i like that intensity but i like it for like 20 minutes and then i can continue on doing my stuff and if i want to blast off again later i'll blast off again later you know so like recently like deemsters have been my thing i still microdose but like deemsters you know I like to smoke. Is it, what is what is your most favorite uh, substance or uh, your preferred? Um, right now, I'm kind of in between a bunch of stuff. Like, I would like to say cannabis. And I would like yeah. to tell you that. I would like to tell you that. I love the LSD. You guys know I have an LSD tattoo on my hand. Like, um, <laughs> fucking, I uh, probably probably dmt yeah yeah right now at least because it changes it was ketamine for a long time like, yeah i really enjoy yeah, ketamine that's a lot. what it is right i mean people kind of they go on a big long run on some stuff and go back to another but they always keep that one thing you know yeah i think i think cannabis is, is a main staple in a lot of people's yeah uh diet <laughs> well i'm glad that macro dosing psilocybin is something that i can enjoy again because these past two nights like the past two times i've done it have been really magical and spiritual that's good that's real good man i'm very healing too you know like very So so let me ask you something when you um when you decide to go trip let's say you're like i'm gonna eat some mushrooms uh this weekend um, you have your, t- so what does that look like to, for you? So like, all right, keep it a hundred. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I kind of walk around with a fucking 20 to life in my book bag. <laughs> what? Like I got crazy substances sometimes <laughs> so, oh, and they're mean. always just on hand and i'll be chilling with some people and they'll be like you want to eat some mushrooms and be like Fuck yeah or you like want to eat some owl or you know like whatever like <laughs> like go smoke some deemsters or if i can do some alley it's okay whatever like, oh, yeah. dude, this shit's, like, very prevalent in my area. Like, all no of it. Shit. All of it. I got homeboys right now, dude, that are making pressies that were, like, ecstasy out of the 90s. Hey, you know what, man? Like, uh, see, that's a that's a big difference. Like, with 
<clears throat> from like my like where I was at and like where I'm at now, like it's it's not it's few and far in between, you know what I mean? Plus I live like in a city, you know, and there's a lot of people that are like that where, you know, like for me this shit is new, you know what I mean? Um but I found good shit here, you know what I mean? Not just in the substances themselves and the relationships with the plants and everything else, but also the people, you know. Right. Have you experienced um a handful of MDMA? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's Fuck, what I'm yeah. saying, dude. Like and you're older like I am. You remember how the ecstasy was in the nineties? See, that's the thing, is I never really oh, fucked with that when then. I was younger. Oh yeah, no. Dude, dude that that stuff was like crazy strong. But really? it kinda got a bad name because like all the pressies were like garbage for a while. All like them G's up hose down and like <laughs> everybody knows about them. I would, I wouldn't, I, to be honest with you, even so to this day, I, I, I would not prefer, you know, press tablets. You know, but right now, my homeboys, I know these like kids that are pressing them and they're like probably 75% um, MDMA. Um, what was 75% MDMA. I think 20% mescaline and 5% caffeine. Shit. Yo, bro, I'm telling you, like, two of these pills get you, like, fucking lit. Like, and you Fuck. get visuals off it, too, because there's mescaline salt in it. Yeah. There's always something with the, there's always something with the, the combination of compounds that is, like, it's something else, man. Like I did, um, I did psilocybin with uh, MDMA, uh, psilocybin first, and then MDMA, like after the peak. And I, I had already experienced MDMA prior to it, but <clears throat> when I took the MDMA, I thought that I was gonna get that, you know, nice and warm fucking feeling and shit. You know what I mean? But it just became extremely psychedelic. You know, like like somebody just turn that fucking volume up a little bit and it just poured out of my fucking forehead you know yeah no i hear you like <laughs> yeah it's um been uh, a fun wild ride and uh you know i'm still trying to learn i'm not the smartest but i think i know a couple things I know I definitely know a couple things about fucking actual scene, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to, like, know more things about the technical half of it, like, memorize everything. But there's so much to take in, it's so hard to memorize, and I'm stuck in between Audible and books, and, like, it's a lot of information to take in all the time. I bet. Yeah. You know, so like I'm constantly getting different books on like here, where's my fucking newest fucking book? Um well <laughs> here, here it is. It's called but by Dr. Ver Oliver Rumnell Humvman <laughs> Medical Psychedelics version two point two and evidence based textbooks about the clinical applications of LSD, psilocybin, ayahuasca, DMT, and MDMA and ketamine. So Damn. yeah, 
Like, you know, I was like really trying to like dive in. Like I got Shogun's books. I got like, dude, I got in pretty gnarly library. So what is it? I don't understand. You're going to go like, that's what, that's what you want to do. Like that's I, your thing? I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do it, dude. I'm a felon. Like I'm trying to figure out some way to do it legitly. So I don't get in trouble. I'm going to do what the fuck I'm going to do. No matter who's of president, course, yeah. who's in government, no matter what, because it's what I've been doing. It's like what I do. But I would like to go legit somehow. And it seems like well, the, stuff's moving thing, around a lot faster. Yes. Yeah, that's the thing. That's that's one of the biggest things right now is that opportunities are presenting themselves. Like if you, even if you think about the recent laws that have been passed in the United States, like there's a place, there's places you can go to and you can set up shop. You know what I mean? Yeah. As long as you know what you're doing, maybe you yeah. have the experience, you have the capital, whatever the case may be, yeah. you can be a real player in the game or of the industry and psychedelics like the legit aspect of things you know i got a lot of friends over in vermont that do the reefer thing and i have friends that live in new york and we'll say they allegedly bought fucking um a house in vermont so they can do what they need to do legally if they want them you know if they were going to do it and then they would um have to figure out how to get that stuff back to new york if they ever decided to do something like that catch my drift <laughs> <laughs> well look uh this is what i do know man like um in where i'm at in arizona <clears throat> they just uh they just passed cannabis for recreation right you know and although you know that's I mean, some people could be like, yeah, that's, you know, everywhere yeah. is like and that. And it's like, yeah, forward. it is. But yes, it brings the the promise of an opportunity yeah. down the road. Yeah. And you have to start thinking like that, especially if you really want to make some moves and uh, just in life in general. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of people see the opportunity there and that's where they're going. Yeah. I mean, I've talked to a few people recently who are like studying to go to school to like be... Um, I don't know, like a guide or some kind a of a uh, canvasser. No, not necessarily that. I mean, when it pertains, it pertains to psychedelics oh, in general, like, like a oh, reintegration a like specialist. Yeah, and I understand. Like for me, that's not my style. Like I'm like, no, I'm cool with that. I don't really think I could. But the cultivation aspect of things, the procurement of things, right. the, the the science, just acquiring. Yeah, I, I mean, even the logistics right. of the industry. I mean, there's so many different aspects to an industry. And that's the thing is that that industry for psychedelics is has just begun its infancy okay, in our so, country. Like, now let me ask you this. You, you, you know, the FDA is like getting fucking patents on psilocybin and psilocin. And they have that E. coli that pumps out like what a thousand times more psilocybin than mushrooms. Yeah. Do because they can't grow enough mass amount of mushrooms to actually give the fucking masses psilocybin pills. So they've been trying yeah. to figure out how to do it other ways. And <clears throat> I don't want them to like take over the whole industry. And that's... Well, see, some some people would argue that that's going to happen. It's inevitable. I mean, but it has big money... Briefer, you know, why can't like we... True. I think people are failing at it, though, man. Like if if you talk to people like in Canada or places where like they've already rec uh, legalized cannabis. Yeah. 
they'll tell you, man, like that big money is fucking shit up for themselves. Like it's almost their, it's almost like they're, they're running themselves. They're shooting themselves in the fucking foot. You know, you want to like, you know, back in the day, like them kids out in Humboldt, like when reefer wasn't legal and they were sending all the good reefer all over the country, man, them stupid fools would get like five gallon bucket money and bear it in the yard and forget where they put it. That would be me, dog. Like Yeah. Or we just found this other one while we were looking for this. Yeah, well I was watch I think I was watching Tim Scully go through a yard or somebody go through a yard one day and he was walking around in Northern California, Marin. And he's like, yo, these are all my stash spots out here. And he like walked over to the store and he opened it up and he pulled out like this giant five gallon can of solvent. He's like, oh, here's some solvent. And he like put it back down in there. He he was like real deal into like synthesizing chemicals, you know, not like so much extracting. Yeah. Like what we do is a basic science. It's an extraction. It's a, it is an synthesis. What do you mean with like uh yeah, DMT? You know. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. I mean that those like, same move those same the same principles can be applied to different plants and different uh materials yeah, to be able to extract. For just, one. Yeah. You yeah, know? exactly. That's yeah. Just easy that's exactly what I compare it to because it's as easy as extracting if not easier than extracting cannabis. Like, I don't yeah. know how you do it, but, like, I try to it runs. Oh, hang on. My fucking headphones are off. Um, That's all good. I try to do straight to base. So, like, I'll do my sodium hydroxide in my 1,500 milliliters of water with, like, 100 grams of sodium hydroxide, 1,500 milliliters of water, and 100 grams of bark. And I'll let the sodium hydroxide stable out. I'll like put it in the water first and shake it around and obviously the water gets warm but as soon as it cools down it's stable and that's when I add my bark and as soon as the bark hits the um, sodium hydroxide it starts to decompose and pull the alkaloid out that's why it like instantly turns black and then you can like let that sit uh, for that six, makes sense. six hours. You let it sit for six yeah. hours, dude. Yeah. You get yourself some buckets. You make hot baths in your bath. So, or like something that you can like heat water up in. So like your solvent doesn't get too hot. But if you can do warm baths, once you put your solvent in and start mixing, like because you're going to add a cup of solvent on top of what you got there. And you can shake the snot out of it and put it in the hot bath, dude. And it separates like five times faster. So you can do 10 shakes really quick and it doesn't leave any emulsion. And you just suck it off. That makes sense. And you dry it out, dude. And you have pure white and then dimethyltryptamine. That's why I say people overcomplicate the process. Like if you want to take your last run like your last run and run heptane through it to pull out some jungle spice go for it but like don't make the first two three pulls complicated you know what i pull back is pure white like white like fucking fresh snow 
Like George Young. Well, see, a lot of a a lot of people um, argue the same thing about uh, fungus. You know what I mean? Oh, there's a there's a lot of people who who do a lot of supplementation, right? Which is okay. I mean, hey, if you want to, that's fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. But there's people that just have good genetics, a brick of core, some water, and that's it. You know, you're talking to one of them. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, it's so simple. My, my shit That's is it. called Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Don't fix something that isn't broken. But you know what, though? Here's the thing is, uh, so there's people that um, also, like, they're on YouTube and stuff like that and all this, like, social media stuff, yeah. and they're they're showing the ways that they do it. I know. And I there's know. a bunch of new there's people jumping on and, like, they they start doing the same thing and like half of them are failing. But I look, man, I understand. I'm not yeah. hating on anybody or anything, man. It's all part of the same thing. But you see that there's uh you see the the people that come out of that train of uh school or that type of school. Yeah, well, I I had the same conversation with my friend, and I think we may be talking about the same situation. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about. Uh, no, I know, I know, I know, but like right. <laughs> there was um a lot of showing how to cut corners and if you're not experienced cutting corners is hard to stay sterile so well, it's you not even cut, cutting corners but it's also experimenting yeah like when you already have a, an advanced understanding of things yeah. and like you can you're there's somebody who's new to it jumping into it they they don't understand the full why of how you got to that point or how you can do it right but they won't <laughs> i actually have um two quarts of some ghost ufos yeah have you ever seen the ufos they're like little flat round i think those originated from the the kss right yes it's kss exactly yeah yeah, well these are luescent they're the white ones so oh this shit that's nice man are you sure it's not a true uh, ta- a true albino teacher? Um, no, it's dude, dude. They fucking called ghost UFOs. They were fucking white variant. There was a, a friend of mine had a white ghost UFO that he kept mutating. So, damn. And also, oh, yeah. there's a lot of beautiful fucking uh, fruits out there yeah. right now. A lot of good isolations. I man. can get that Jack Frost. Have you heard of the Jack Frost? Yeah, those Tat Syndicate dudes, they, they got their shit down like, over there, man. They've got a lot it, of cool dude. stuff like, over there. I can get all of them. Like, I got, like, one of my best friends, dude, is a real OG on the shroomery, kind of like I feel like we are with DMT World. And I tried the shroomery, but everybody was a little bit too snobby for somebody that was new. Yeah. Well, look, man, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, that's the first thing everybody says about Shumri, dude. I swear to God. And I've, I've been in and off, <clears throat> I've been on and off the Shumri for the last few years. And um, not until last, I think last year, the year before that I actually sign up, I opened up an account, you know, I contribute to, yeah. the, to the, to the site right. as well. I'm- but I've been in and out of there, dude, and I don't fucking say shit to anybody, bro. I just read texts. I write them down. I follow them. I tweak them up a little bit. I find my own fucking process, and then I just yeah. stick with it. You know? Yeah, my homeboy. And you can find them same processes without going on there. You know? Of course, yeah. I like, mean, they're, it's, it is what it is, yeah. But my my homeboy, like, he's got his tribe, and he keeps asking me to come over and join it. And I'm like, I'm kind of cool where you are. Uh, actually, my homeboys on DMT World, yes, them. 
you might remember him from back in the day with the mushroom picture. Yeah, uh, and I've yeah, seen so, him on Shroomery too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's my. I got to be honest with you. I got um some. Uh, I got a plate of lion's mane uh oysters and some others i think turkey tail or something I, this is back when he was uh i don't know if he still does but i know he advertised on dmt world he had a a post on there um where he was selling like um uh, gourmet type uh stuff who and i've seen him on uh uh yes yeah yeah and i've and, seen him on the streamery uh, too um i think maybe getting somebody confused like he has maybe he has gourmet might. strains he hasn't grown them he has the genetics for him. You know what? Maybe I am. Maybe I am. He has the genetics, but I, I would know you would know his stuff because even like the the boomers you look at that my that I have when I have all like the rusty whites and the apes and like, you know, because I'm kind of blessed, you know, sometimes I'll have like six, seven different kinds of boomers and like two or three different kinds of L and like stuff like that. So like... I know you've seen some of the like ones I get. Like one of my most gnarly experiments is dude was just last year burying cakes outside, dude. On a PE six, I was I pulled in ten hundred gram hundred plus gram fucking boomers. Nice. Dude, the things were as no long shit. as my forearm and the caps were as big as <laughs> as big as my yeah. like hand to like my palm. I was like, Phew. This is nuts, dude. I didn't think anything was happening for a second. Then I looked in the bucket one day and I was keeping it moist and covered and like in a dark area and it was summertime. And then all of a sudden they started popping up. Then they started popping up in my flower bed. So like when I moved out of there, I know that fucking flower beds laced with mycelium. I wonder if that people like <laughs> yeah. ever even wondered like, yeah, we got mushrooms <laughs> popping up out of this flower bed. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, people just don't. That's eat. always a good thing to do too. Yeah, that's always a good thing to do too, man. Is uh, bury your mycelium, man. I mean, it's a it's a living organism, yeah. you know. And I, I know some people don't have the the ability to do that, but me personally, when I, I was cultivating. My my whole backyard is fucking colonized, bro. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, exactly. And and it's if, a beautiful thing. If man. you don't have the room like that, you can do it in buckets. You can do it in five gallon pails. Yeah, with, with, yeah. Well, I used, dude. I used a cake. I used a bag of clean potting soil, like moodoo potting soil, and um, like black bark mulch, and I did thirds of everything. And I super hydrated the cake and I mixed it all together and I made sure it stayed moist the whole time. I kept it covered. The same, same thing with like my flower bed. I like made sure I cut plastic over the top of it. So when the sun was beating on it in the summer, it wouldn't lose all its moisture content until I came home. And it worked, dude. And I pulled, I pulled my last piece of fruit out of the ground on Halloween. And this is in upstate New York where it's kind of cold then. I like went out and I yeah. like looked down and I'm like, oh, well, this is a nice little Halloween gift, you know? <laughs> so oh, yeah. it's it's pretty cool what you can do, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I tell people uh, if if you you can literally grow fungus on a pile of garbage if the parameters are met right. Yeah, you know what of I mean? course. Well, just it could be done. check out this. Like 
if somebody throws enough cardboard in a pile of garbage and it gets rained on for long enough, the psilocybin is going to go through the cardboard. You know this. Oh, yeah. People use cardboard all the time. I think that's the good thing about fungus, man, is that it's easily accessible to a lot of people. Uh, there's there's really not much issue when it comes to sustainability to it because you can keep a culture alive for years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, I mean, there's a little bit of waste when it comes to, like, shit that you use, but you can work your way around that by doing stuff that you do and do, like, you know, outdoor patches, which is great. It's good for the environment, too. I think that's uh, the fungus out of all substances uh, and psychedelics is one that just stands out completely yeah hands down yeah for sure and that's why it scared me for so long bro because i had them seven ten gram mushroom trips in the dark where i wanted to come down (laughs) and everything was fucking like i look around and i can see the oxygen molecules around me are all golden and like you you know what i'm talking about like them fucking real heavy and like I didn't do it for 15 years, and I was with this homie, and we watched the great movies and had a ton of fun listening to music that we both like, and like eating boomers, and it was amazing. And That's that was nice, the most man. fun I've had in a, a second. So, you know, um, I'll tell you the truth, man. For me. Um, I love the fungus, man. And it's actually LSD that scares the shit out of me, dude. Like even DMT, I'm I'm good with DMT. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's scary as shit, but there's something about LSD that just, I don't know. I think you it's need to something. experience it some more and like maybe have, of course, like, yeah. have you got to try like a higher dose LSD? Like, the most I've had was 300 uh, micrograms, right. supposedly. I mean, I'm not right. a fucking professional. I could, I didn't verify. Right. I didn't, have, what, I didn't do it? the dosing to it. What but was it? What's that? What, what? See, that's the thing is I, I don't fucking know, dude. There was just uh, gel tabs that were given to me, you know? Okay, so describe me what they look like. I'm pretty good with this. They were orange and they had like little yellow flakes. And I remember they told me, and it's in a text somewhere what they sent me. You know, point. like it, had, it looked like yeah. it had gold flake, like gold slag in it. Yeah, yeah, it was like uh, last year sometime. Well, this is and it was the same needlepoint that I that I have right now. It's Czechoslovakian needlepoint, and that's when I said it was a little bit speedy and a little bit more in your face, but like that stuff is strong, dude. Like I know yeah, the stuff is. right now, dude. I got it's like two hundred micrograms a hit, dude. That's like two regular hits. <laughs> Like, you know what's crazy though is I, I find that, that there's a lot of people that um they they have a tolerance to it. Like for me, like I said, dude, I'm I'm pretty sensitive to all this stuff. Right. Man. Well you're new, you um, know. I've yeah, yeah. I've dosed thousands of times. Fuck. I've de- deemstered thousands of times, you know. Yeah. Like, but you know, I, I don't really notice any effects. I have a little HPPD. I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah, that's like where you still see a little bit. There's something with the vision. Yeah, right? like I have trails, yeah. and I can kind of yeah, tell how exactly. high I am by how long my trails are. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, because God I always damn, have dude. them. But, like, I know yeah, when I'm getting shit, high man. when they start to get long. I'm like, oh, all right. And I start to feel good, obviously, too, but, like, I really do constantly have trails. I remember when I was in prison, they wanted to play a softball game at night using one of them green balls. It was like dust. 
dude yeah. and i was playing center field <laughs> and somebody drove that shit out into the middle and that ball stretched out like five feet and i'm like <laughs> dude nope i'm done <laughs> i'm like that ball was yeah. just this long they're like you're fucking crazy everybody up there called me hippie like they give you a <laughs> handle you know you don't get to pick your own nickname yeah. so like they like gave me my nickname and it was hippie dude and it's dark <laughs> because you know this is what i do and i'm fucking open about it i was open with drug i'm open with everybody drug counselors whoever yeah. dude i'm like hey you want to know some real shit bill wilson wrote the fucking 12 steps of high on lsd <laughs> who's that bill, what? like the big who's book that? aa bill wilson oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah, was right. timothy yeah. harvey's in the fucking alcohol the alcohol program um larry did in harvard no shit I remember hearing about he was being a proponent of LSD and towards like the end of the whole thing or even towards the end. I don't know what it was, but he ended up uh, like leaving the well, organization they asked or something him to like be that. quiet. Oh, okay. And, That's what it was. Yeah, All right. Because they didn't want it associated with, you know, because it, I guess it can cause somebody to slip up. I get it. And when people are in them hard of spots, which they are sometimes, you know, like, yeah you just can't take the chance it's like talking about cannabis and a meeting or uh something like that you know like not that it's a big deal anybody smokes pot but that person might go home and isn't ready and smoke pot and then have the idea they want to go shoot up and that's the very last time they do it so like <clears throat> as much as I like to argue when I was younger, dude, and I would have, I would get in like some kind of little trouble and they would want me to go to like an outpatient therapy. You know, them fuckers yeah. would tell me to sit there and be quiet. <laughs> like, <laughs> because I'm like, no, this isn't how this works. I'm like, I'm also educated there. Like, this is like propaganda. Like, they didn't like yeah. me. Like they eventually told me to be quiet and they'll pass me. Yeah. Well, you know, another thing too, is like, you're starting to see a lot of um, like alternative recovery groups, you know what I mean? Like um, where they do involve psychedelics and yeah. you know, other stuff, but they understand that uh, it's not necessarily the, the substance that's causing the issue. It's, it's, you know, some kind of deeper seated yeah, issue. It's usually PTSD of some kind. Or yeah. Honestly. Yeah. So people actually use these things to, to help them in their recovery. You know, I mean, that's kind of the same. That's the boat that I'm in. You yeah. Know? Same the Same thing with me, dude. I'm telling you, I just, I've been like, I got gloves. I got capsules. I make up microdose capsules at point threes. Yeah. And I think that's a good dose for people. Like I take a little bit higher one for myself, but like that's a good dose for people. And I don't give them a protocol. There's no statements protocol. There's no Fatima protocol. Mm-hmm. There isn't the two, two days on three days off because that gets confusing to people. And like, yeah, of course, the yeah. Stamets protocol was five days on take the weekends off, which is a little bit easier yeah. to remember. Well, I mean, he also had niacin in his too, and I understand that there's this big thing with niacin. But for me, I fucking ditched that shit. Yeah, and here's the thing though: even even with any of these regimen or protocols, or they're just like texts. 
you just use them to understand the basics and then you modify them for your own environment or your own liking and then you go from there and then you just do your own thing there's nothing set in stone at this point this is no, all there's just, not that's just like a suggestion yes this is <laughs> all just like hypotheses well which is, is still good to have yeah because yeah of course you don't want somebody new jumping in and eating fucking five grams before work yeah <laughs> but like you know i knew for myself like as long as i i, I took psilocybin every day i didn't skip a day I knew as long as I had it in yeah. my bloodstream, it was there doing what it yeah. needed to do. I didn't feel like I needed to skip the days. <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, that's what a lot of people do just with cannabis in general. You know, you, you take a toke of your of a joint or you smoke a joint in the morning, you know, it's it's there. You're not completely fucking. Well, this is with like my microdose, can't. too, you know, like, yeah, I just yeah. I take it every day instead of yeah. doing the protocols i came up with the fucking one of jerry kids protocols it's called fucking eat that shit every day <laughs> like yeah. you know and it's only such a small amount it does make your day better like yeah. at the end of the day like you just end up having a good day like even though you have screwed up shit that happens throughout the day life it's like you can process it better you can you stop to smell the roses. You yeah, take little true. things in in life that you might not that actually truly make you happy and shit, you know? And it could be as yeah. something small as stop and check out like a nice tree or a nice flower or some, something. Or like I know where there's a pretty gnarly Amanita mascara patch in my local park. And mm -hmm. I don't like I've been tempted but that one sounds odd to me. But like, yeah, yeah like eating amanitas. Oh, have, yeah. have you? No, I have not. Yeah, no. like I know where there's a patch in my local park, and well, there's I not too them. many people either. Yeah, well, there's a handful of them. Yeah, there's a handful yeah. of them, and that's like the whole Alice in Wonderland idea of like, you eat this piece, you get big. You eat this piece, you get small. Because have you heard <laughs> yeah. statements? Did you watch the statements on Rogan? Like uh, I think I've seen him on there a few times. Yeah, yeah, where he talks about he ate the Amanitas one time, and he was walking, working in a rail yard or something, and he felt like the train car he was passing was like 250 feet long. <laughs> <laughs> and stuff. no i don't remember that. yeah <laughs> no. yeah it, it makes the whole depth perception off like amazingly a lot which is uh strange hey but people people don't eat them like you eat cubensis right i mean the amity no. scarier from what i've known is like there's a preparation yeah, or like gotta, a tea or some kind of way right well, you got to, from what I understand, you pick them. See, in my area, we grow the orange-red variety. and it, What are those, like pantorinas or something like that? Um, I'm, I'm unsure which ones they are. I know they're still basically the same thing. You know, they're just yeah. not the red-capped ones. They're, like, a little bit lighter. But um, you peel them. You save the meat of the mushroom. You got to decarboxylate it in your oven for a certain amount of time. You make it into a tea. You know, there's like, there is a more of a preparation to it. You know, yeah. 
So what what do you like more? Do you like fresh cubes or do you like dried cubes? <laughs> you know, I was just talking to somebody about this last night and um, I've eaten fresh and I fucking loved it. I think it's one of the best fucking ways to take them. Um, and and to be honest with you, I my I got fucking sent to the moon off of fucking two fruits, which would have equaled I don't know, like maybe a gram dried. Um, <clears throat> but I watched this, um, or I listened to this mycologist talk about um, eating fresh mushrooms. And obviously, like when you're thinking about outdoors, like in the forest and shit and somewhere out there, like, yeah, there may be some other bacteria, some shit going on there. But there's also <clears throat> there's also enzymes and bacteria that live symbiotically with the with the uh, with the culture itself, with the mycelium. And sometimes it could be bad for people. You could get stomach ache or some shit or shit yourself. I don't know. But he he made the he made the point to me to the point where I was like, yeah, I guess I could just fucking dry them and blend them up and eat them that way, you know? <laughs> but I, I, I love them fresh, man. I've tried them before and I'm a fucking huge fan of them, man. How about, um, have you ever gotten into pans or cans? Hell yeah, dude. I've, I've, I've been eating pans for like a whole year, dude. And, uh, I love them. Buddy, give me some recently. You know what I have prints for is the fucking... Philosophy as essence. The essence, yeah. The fucking you know, the thing the about super those fucking the strongest ones. Yeah, I've had some of those, man. I, I yes, I've had a few a few times, man. And those, uh, I ate two grams of those with uh, MDMA as well, man, and had just, uh, oh man, it was fucking uh, probably one of my one of my most intense. Uh, experiences yeah, that i had that's what scares me about them what you know because well, here's i'm just the thing. getting back into eating like psilocybin again so you know yeah no i understand that's understandable 100 percent. i had some maybe a month ago but i got rid of them because i'm like man but my homeboy grows them too so like i can just get them what but, i want them but I'll tell you this though, <clears throat> I prefer the Panellia cyanescens over the Azuricens. Yeah, why is that? Yes, I do, man. Like, because with the Azis, man, like I always got that fucking heavy body load, and I know a lot of people. Uh, that's where the the wood paralysis gets attributed from. There's something inside of the the right. mushroom, that, and some people say if you do a tea or do some kind of a or some different kind of preparation. You can get rid of that, but for me, I just always felt it. Does it just so like the make you want to like lay there, dude? Like I can't fucking move either. Like I'm just so fucking like heavy. I'm just like, like relaxed, oh. heavy. Yeah, I mean it feels good. Yeah. Like it's, but I I do feel like uh, I almost feel more of the um, like I kind of feel a little poisoned. You know what I mean? Because my whole body right. is just like it's just like. Uh, like Kate, like ketamine, you know, like you get that real heavy fucking, like you can't even control your body a little bit. Um, you know, at two grams with the Azis, you know, that for me, you know, that's, that got to that point. But with Penelia cyanescence, man, there's fucking none of that. Like I'll eat them. And then within like 45 minutes, I just, I've already found myself in the DMT room watching a fucking elf create universes and some kind of eight bit fucking screen. But see, there, there's a difference between the two, and I like the Penelia Essence because there's none of that, man. You just go straight into that fucking place. Right, 
Right. That and that's what it was like. I was saying it was scary to me, but like, the, I know what I have right now. They're coming from California, but I believe they're you know, Texan varieties. They're they're um, yeah. brown, regular cubes. <clears throat> but they've made me super relaxed lately, and like I want to lay around and like, you know. Like, you know the best. Um, the best variety of cubensis that I, I liked for microdosing and even dosing was the masa tapec and the Mexican oh, cubensis. Yeah, like a, a, lot, a lot of the a lot of the uh, Mexican cubensis, like uh, I don't know, they're they're just good to me, man. I well, love. Well, that's them. the kind of home, you know, Maria Santiago. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. That's like some heritage. <laughs> There's something in my DNA. Yeah, fucking... yeah, especially with you, you know, that could be some other stuff because that's the truth. It's probably in your DNA that like at one yeah. point your <laughs> your ancestors ate the mazes. Yeah, dude. You know? I like them, man. I, I really love them. And everybody I, everybody that's tried them that I know, they fucking love them. Yeah. Down, man. But, like, They're a main staple. But, and then this is where I go back to my thing, like, kind of a cube's a cube's a cube you know for yeah, the most course. part but like there, there are small effects like i've noticed some of the white ones like um we had some white um colombian fucking um blessing colombian you know just white fucking mushrooms and they didn't they weren't 100% stabilized, so they didn't drop spores yet. And we would grow them until they would flip upside down from weight because they wouldn't yeah, drop spores, just, you know? Like where they curl up. Oh, they I know flip right about. over. Yeah, they just fall yeah, over. And yeah, that's when you pick them <laughs> because, like, that's enough weight at yeah. that point. But, like, them, them were, like, really good microdosing because they were, like, laid back fucking smooth but like i had hooked up a couple homeboys and they complained a little bit like yo these aren't very strong and i'm like yeah but there's such a clean feeling because i feel like with a lot of that weight the the body loads um been bred out like a lot of the taste has been bred out yeah. <clears throat> Some people argue that the isolation of these sub varieties, like, you know, that's that's what comes with it. You know what I mean? Like if you look at heavily, uh, I guess, domesticated or grown cultivated uh, varieties, like even like the Golden Teachers. They flush fucking beautiful, yeah. but there's some that flush beautiful and they lack in potency. Yeah. I've heard it many, many times because I think they were just um I mean, look, I could be wrong. I'm not no, a fucking... Checking yeah. out instead of restarting again and starting a clean plate with, like, new spores from maybe them same genetics to begin with, you can only clone so many times and expect, you know, same results before it starts to lose potency. It's the same with reefer. You know, you Yeah, that's an essence. It's just going to lose points. You have to start over. I have a homeboy yeah. right now that's crossing sour diesel back with itself three times. So it's the most original sour diesel like it used to be back <laughs> in the day. No yeah, shit. that's what? so delicious. I don't know if you get to smoke a lot of sour diesel out there, but it's, I know it's a East I love that. Too. I love that strain, man. Yo, dude, I love that. One of my favorites in the whole world. All diesel strains. They've had a bunch of different diesel stuff. 
think, recently. I had some uh, cherry diesel, some sour lollipop. Got some Starburst that's made out of a couple different diesel shits. And uh, some yeah, Bruce Banner. Thing, Bruce really? Banner's the diesel strain. And I also got uh, had some Cum Dog, which is the father of Sour Diesel, which is where it gets all its funk yeah. and skunk from. So that's it's fucking See, I mean. Much, I don't know too much about the cannabis, man. I just started getting into it recently last yeah, year. I, d- I don't know all this new stuff, dude, because it like advanced so fast, and I had moved on to like yeah. psychedelics. I didn't keep up with it anymore. But like all this sour diesel talk and like chem dog and like all that older stuff, like that's stuff I grew up with. Like I got a homeboy that's pretty deep in the sour diesel family, like in the genetic process and spreading that shit. Like he's a fucking true gangster ass motherfucker living over in Holland for like 15 years, like helping, helping the fucking real breeders like breed. Damn. Yeah, I know. It's pretty cool to people you meet, you know? Yeah, well, cannabis has been one of those that is like, um, that's really paved the way for everything else, you know? Dude. It really has. I mean, it's gone all the way up to the fucking DEA's fucking front door. How about this? How it's making mushrooms follow behind it secretly so exactly. fast. I feel like the mushrooms are hiding behind cannabis and they're just following Fuck, along yeah, with are. it. All I, I I argue that all plant plant medicines will because mm-hmm. it's already paved the way. There's already a template yeah. there, and I and I think actually all medicines in general should be regulated, like we were talking. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, dude. You know? There's this guy named Carl Hart. Have you ever heard him uh, talk? Uh, you ever heard about Carl Hart, Doctor Carl Hart? That that, that guy's sounds- a big proponent of legalized. It sounds super familiar. His name sounds really yeah. familiar. I can't place him That's, off the top of my head, but he's he's like really big in in um, legalizing all <clears throat> uh, drugs that are uh, illegal right now and regulating right, them, right. and making sure that people are educated on this it and that we're getting some real good shit. You this know? is why people are gonna stop dying. Not in more than one way, but like, dude, it really bugs me to know that when I buy a gram of Yayo, that money is eventually going back to the fucking cartels, which are doing yeah real horrible things. You know? Yeah. It eventually makes its way back. They would probably fight to keep it illegal. You know? Of course you're I mean, going to fight the money to, to illegal, do it. But they can only fight yeah. to keep it illegal in Mexico. They don't got America money. Mexico just well, you never know, money. man. Well, you never know, man. Those guys make a lot of fucking money. Man. No, the you government know, makes a lot of money off them. Yeah, true, true. It's yeah, a, it's yeah. Hand washing you're right. Deal. <laughs> Fuck yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Man. <laughs> it's just, it, oh, it is shit, what it is, man. but it's a hand wash deal. Yeah. I'm waiting to get this really gnarly DMT world that tattoo done. Like everything yeah. happened with COVID and stuff, and like I helped out a homeboy, and um, yeah, he's a really good tattoo artist. But I'm getting the um, the Metatron, the DMT logo. Yeah, the, the, the cube, yeah, yeah, the Metatron, and it's gonna have like 
all kinds of like old geometric stuff underneath it and I then see. some like honeycomb on the side covering up another tattoo with a little bit of honey leaking out and uh <laughs> fucking dmt molecule at the top so it's like it fits perfectly next to the metatron and it looks like it's pointing north like a compass and then I'm going nice. to stick a Wu-Tang sign underneath that shit right next to my grapes, the lightning bolt. And it's got fucking like a couple honeybees that are flying back over to the like <laughs> BHO coming out of the fucking, <laughs> you <yeah>. know, <laughs> like, and I'm not yeah. even a big oil smoker, but like, you know, you got Wu-Tang and like, I love reefer. So, you know, yeah. I had to tie it it's, together it's somehow good. because with the honey, you know. It's a beautiful plant, man. It really yeah, is. Yeah, it is. It really it's great, is. great, dude. I like, I've been a fucking pod since I was fucking 12. Well, I started smoking while I was 12. I yeah. probably became pod when I was like 13. But I yeah, I mean, I've, I've always had cannabis. I've always had cannabis in my life. And there was a little bit of a time when I took a break. But <clears throat> even when I was overseas, bro, I was fucking smoking hashish. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. yeah. Because what, they roll up Some fucking Afghani hashish. tobacco yeah. and hashish? Or do they just stick it yep. in the fucking um, hookah? And- <laughs> they either, either or, man. Most of the time where I was at, they were... Uh, I was smoking with police there, dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they would have cigarettes and they would just fucking pull it out. i fucking go back, back there and cop me a few shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll trade him like a fucking carton of cigarettes for a couple of sticks, you know. Yeah, yo, that's funny. Um, so Hell what yeah. what kind of music you grow up on to, bro? Listen, living in the hood and like staying. Uh, I mean, dude, just a little bit of everything, like man. But most of the time, yeah, yeah you hear a lot too. Yeah, a lot of West Coast stuff and a lot of fucking like Mexican corridos and shit. Right. You know? Oh, cool. Right on. Yeah. And you like yeah. that reggaeton? Uh, you yeah, know, I, uh, not so, not so much, really? but yeah, I know, she, I, I, I know little, very little. Yeah. All right. Like, um, I've, I've always had a little bit of a different, yeah. uh, taste, you know, mm-hmm. for, for, for the people that I grew around with. Yeah. I grew up on like, you know, obviously like some of that West coast stuff, like Snoop's like doggy style and Dre's chronic yeah. and. Easy shit and, and dog pound all <laughs> the all all that West Coast shit. Uh, even E forty, I wasn't a huge E forty fan, but like he he was okay. But like I'm really on my like East Coast like hip hop. I really like East Coast hip hop. Like yeah. it's like Wu Tang and Jay Z and Nas, Mob Deep, Jadakiss. Yeah, like. Yeah, I just find it's a little bit more grimier. And when you come up on the East Coast, it's just a little bit more grimier out here, you know? It's different, you know? It's just like people move quick. Like, you know, they're maybe always suspicious without being a tweaker. <laughs> you know, they could just be, you know, just yeah. because they're used to like looking over their shoulders, see if they're gonna get robbed or some shit. You know? Yeah. But yeah, dude, like I, I love music, all kinds of music. I listen to a lot of electronic music now, whether it's Spangle, like T Rex picked me up and we went and caught Spangle last winter, just about this time. Yeah, I remember talking about that. Yeah, yeah. dude, that was a blast. 
That's that was nice, a blast. Man. I had a blast. At how are you guys looking with? I know you talked about it a little bit earlier, but how do you guys? How are you guys? Or um, what do you guys got going for like the local scene coming up? Um, I don't know. I haven't really been over on the New England page in a, like week, and I have to see. Have to go. I see it has a couple messages. Um, I've been uh, a little caught up in that fucking uh, stuff I text you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. so. That's a good reason. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just going to run with it. Well, it's just everything's like we're racking. <laughs> you know? Well, you can. Huh? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That'd be, that'd be silly, if I, you know? <laughs> what am I? I'm not yeah. a dummy, kid. <laughs> like, nah, I feel you, man. <laughs> All right, man. So, um, I'm really, really been glad to have you on here, man. Um, but uh, is there anything that you want to go over, or is there anything um you can think of right now in terms of um I don't know. Is there anything you want to say to anybody listening yes. right now, man? Yes, there's something I want to say to anybody and everybody that listens to this, and I really hope all you guys do go on here and listen to this. Um, if you have some kind of opiate problem, it's okay. Fuck the stigma. Reach out. There's fucking people to help you. There's shit to get over it. The stuff on the street right now is garbage. I don't care if you have a habit or not. And stuff on the street is so strong. I've lost an extreme amount of people in my life this year because of such a stupid thing. So, like, if anybody, like, needs help, dude, you can DM me. You can do whatever you need to do to reach out. Like, because I know better than anybody else, like, how hard it is. But, like, please, please, please do. Just put it into consideration if you are in the middle of an opiate problem right now. So, that's really something I wanted to get off my chest. That's something really important, man. There is a lot of that stuff happening out there right now. And that's kind of what why this talk about legalizing stuff like that is, is starting to surface yeah. because there is fucking trash out there, man. And shit, yeah. people are fucking dying from it. Left and right. Left and right. Yeah. Once car fentanyl hits the scene, that shit was over. Dude, do you know that stuff's weighed in micrograms like LSD? Yeah. It's yeah. in micrograms. The si- a piece the size of a piece of sand is enough yeah. to be lethal. A piece yeah, of sand. Crazy, man. Dude, you know how small that is? A fucking piece of sand. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, salt. Look, and the thing about it too is it, it's fucking flooded everywhere. It's so easy to get that shit, man. It's all like it's replaced. People everything. stop selling dope and start selling fentanyl. Straight exactly. up. They don't even say it's dope anymore. They say it's fentanyl. No. Because it's don't. cheaper. And it comes from across seas. And that was the whole yeah. idea was to put the heron market out of business. That's the dude. That's nuts. The dude that created the molecule did it so people weren't spending all their money. And he drove the heroin prices down so much that it would put them out of the business. Wasn't the dude that, that created it, he was a professor out here in ASU or he was some kind of a chemist out here, right? Yeah. Like, that's right. Yep. 
And like, and you know what's crazy? Now, he had, yeah, and he had a backstory that it was his wife who had died. Remember? Yeah, I remember an article where they asked him about. I think it was like Times or Newsweek a while back, and he had this backstory. He was saying that uh, his wife had cancer, and he saw all this stuff, so he decided to create something that was more powerful, but not whatever, and that was fentanyl. Yeah, and then it just turned into car fentanyl and mad fentanyl analogs. Yeah, that's yeah, no, it's nuts. really not the regular fentanyl that they give you in the hospital. <clears throat> that's yeah. super dangerous. Yeah. That is, but it's still not like this stuff on the street. The analog fentanyl, because yeah. you can you can change just the slight structure on a molecule, dude, and make that yeah. shit twenty times more potent. Yeah, without even like really realizing it. Until unless you do it like Shulgin, that's why I respect Shulgin so much. Yeah. Everything he did, he tried in small doses until he got in a fight <clears> and <throat> wrote it down. And you know, he tried everything he made on himself first. Yeah, you know? I remember that's where I remember hearing it where Shulgin was doing that. He was just basically rearranging something at the molecular level mm-hmm. and was coming up with something completely different because if you've tried any of the two C's, oh you I mean they're not the same. They are no. fucking like different. Well animals. they're not the same, but they you can tell they're two C drugs. I guess, you yes. Know? Right, right, right. It it's like I I actually have the PKL, the um phenomene that I've known and loved right in front of me. And like even from just the MDN MA synthesis that he did that he found in old German like war like files and he stuck it away for a while and then he like pulled it back out like that turned into like all kinds of stuff like all different kinds of like ecstasy analogs like MDMA and yeah MME and MDX MXD or MDE and like there's or DMMDA <laughs> like Shit. you know it's just yeah there's and, a fucking plethora <laughs> yeah it's it's crazy you know yeah. it's just <clears throat> like how they go about scheduling stuff and once they did that analog act that's yep. where it tied it's everything like an umbrella together effect. yeah yeah but That's I still, right. there's still ways of, there's still stuff around it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's still, it's still getting done. I found, like, a long time ago, I found stronger opiates on Amazon that I could get in the hospital. On Amazon. <laughs> Water soluble opiates on Amazon. I remember hearing about something like that a while back, but I think they already wrapped that up. Yeah, too, they huh? did. They did. But, yeah. like, it, I was just, I couldn't believe it. I did a that's nuts searching and then I looked and I'm like, what? I can have this shit in my house in two days. So I ordered <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, bro. let me order. <laughs> yeah. Bro, that shit was like stronger than like, I don't know if you've taken pain medication from like yeah. surgeries, but this shit was stronger than the lot. And, and I could buy that's, it on uh, Amazon. Ooh, that's, yeah, that's something else I've tried. I've, I've experienced a lot of it before. <laughs> Yeah, and I could buy it on Amazon, you know, like, yeah. but that got could, to, could buy it. Yeah. Used to be able to. Yeah, you know, I just liked because I was still on parole and I was like, 
you know, I'm smarter than you guys, so I'm, you know, gonna do, <laughs> you know, do me and like you can help us in all the cups you want. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I was That's really right. in the cava and creative at the time. Also, like, have you ever taken like good cava cava extract? No, nah, man, I've never really fucked with that ever. I, I I really like it. Like, it's a little bit of a really super relaxing effect. Like, it can make you mount into your couch, like almost like a Valium. It is a natural Valium because it works on the same receptor sites. But it's a Polynesian root. It was another plant that I remember messing with. Besides kratom, I've I've had kratom before. Um, I don't know. It may Delvia? have been that. Okay. No, it wasn't salvia either. It was, uh, but it was very similar to like kratom. Hmm. It may have been um, that kava stuff. I can't remember. Yeah, man. it probably was kava because they do. They like if you go to like a kava bar, like a lot of times they sell kratom in the ba- like kratom in jars. Oh really? Yeah. So they kind of go hand in hand. That's how I got into doing kava was with kratom. Oh shit! Yeah, but you got to even be careful with like kratom because you know kratom is it actually has opiate alkaloids in it. If you take there is yeah. If you take it for there, long enough, you're, you're gonna end up feeling sick. They yeah. So <clears throat> kratom has been found to have had some kind of trace uh, of different stuff in there. Uh, there's been like single studies done on it and sh- shit like that for sure. Um, but you can do your research. You can do your own testing to a certain extent and um, well, try to get us try to be as safe as you can. Yeah. Well, you, you get a good supplier. I get a, I had a really good supplier from the West Coast and everything mm. was always fresh. And like he knew what he was doing and I could get like all different kinds of extracts and shit like that. Along with like he did like a lot of like wild um, passion flower extracts and like be happy and like like everything but the bark itself. Yeah, you know he did like all the other plants and medicinal stuff, but like he also did kratom and um, kava. You know? What it was was a uh, canna. You ever oh, heard of canna? You know what? They they sent me a free sample one time, and I looked up what the effects were on Reddit, and mm-hmm. three people said it was like a caffeine overdose. Really? And then some some I talked to other people, and they're like, "No, dude, it's like mad chill." I'm like, yeah. "What?" Well, that's the thing is 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 the source, right? That's always going right. to be the thing. And there's some things that you can test really well for, and there's some things that. You kind of have to just get to a certain point and then outside past that point, you need some kind of lab equipment. Right. Well, I mean, and I also know some places you can send some stuff like and have it checked for you. That's totally anonymous. Yeah, I'm sure there is. I mean, I even know. with like cannabis, they've got that. Anyways, dude, listen, man, uh, like I said, really, really glad to have had you on, man. And uh, I, I really want to come back on and touch on a yes. few other things, man. But um, um, very, Yes, for sure. We'll do this very soon. I enjoyed this a lot. And I uh, wish you guys a good night. I wish GMT World a good night, whoever decides to listen to this. You know, a couple of my homies will. So, um, all right. All y'all have a great night. All right, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you too, brother.